Welcome to another episode of One-on-One with Patrick. Yes, in this series, you'll hear me having conversations with guests, just like any of the millions of podcasts out there. But there's a twist to this one. Here, you get to be a fly on the wall in a one-on-one web design coaching session. I'm not speaking with industry experts, leaders, gurus, or influencers. I'm talking to people like you. People who are still in the very early stages of their web design business journey. People who have questions, concerns, struggles, or simply need some motivation. I hope you'll find it useful. Let's dive in with today's session. Hello. Hello. Hey, John. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good. How about you? I can't complain. So you're uh, you're in Manila, right? Yes, yes, correct. How, how are things over there? Yeah, so it, it's really tough for everyone, even 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 for those who are working at home. So like me, I'm one of those working at home. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you told me a little bit about that. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do with web design, and where where you're trying to go? Yeah. So currently, I'm working full time. Uh, in an agency, in a web design agency, we target corporate uh, corporate websites or corporate companies. I'm working full time there, and I'm currently building my web design the site. Yeah, so currently, and uh, I'm using Webflow. Currently, using Webflow as a tool of my choice because uh, the reason I use Webflow is because I think number one is the ease of use. And the other thing is, uh, as a designer, uh, I sometimes I prototype the projects that I work with uh, in my company at the side. So, yeah, so, but, but it takes uh, a lot of time to learn Webflow. Okay, so after so many years of working for a web design agency, why yeah. have you decided to go out on your own now? Yeah, actually, uh, I'm only working there for around two years. And um, I'm a self-taught web designer. I just started, I think, 2017 or 2018, dabbling with uh, tools such as Inkscape. Uh, free tools, uh, basically free tools like GIMP. Uh, I, I decided to transition to UX design. And then eventually, uh, my friend who owns a, an agency got me because uh, I think he, he looked at my Pinterest or something. I, I'm not sure. There's, there's full of... Uh, design stuff in my uh, Pinterest. So maybe uh, he offered me a job uh, to work to work there full time. Okay, uh, that's awesome. I, I always tell people that uh, Pinterest is underutilized as a marketing yes, yeah. tool. Uh, it's a very powerful platform if you know what you're doing. So uh, <laughs> you taught yourself web design all on your own and then that's how you were able to get a job with an agency, right? That's what you're saying? Yeah. Yes, uh, actually I started uh, learning UX design in Interaction Design Foundation, if I remember. Tried to apply for a few jobs, but eventually I decided uh, I got the offer from my friend, so I was blessed to get the offer. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, you can learn anything you want these days. All the information is out there for free. It's just about yes, putting yes. in the time. And, uh, and you sure. did that, so you were able to get a job out of it. That's great. Okay, so now that you're uh, transitioning to doing your own freelance type thing, what's uh, been your biggest struggle, challenge so far? Currently, I'm working at around two clients. One is uh, a low, 
a client for for logo web design logo design and the other one is a client for web design i'm tra- i'm having a, a hard time uh, actually the reason why i'm having a hard time is because i i'm i think i'm a perfectionist i work on this project just the homepage um, for around uh, i think 5 hours to 10 hours already I'm spending too much time. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know what's the problem. Uh, is it being uh, me being a perfectionist, or is it sometimes I think it's if web design is just not for me, or so you're actually wondering if web design might not be something that's for you? Yes, yes, correct. Do you that's... do you enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoy designing websites, uh, especially when there's a uh, what you call a eureka moment when you make something, build something from scratch, you know. But there are some times that I feel frustrated. I have the fear of not knowing, not knowing what the what what I will develop. So if I could do this thing or not in the piece of software that I'm using, or do I need custom code to? Um, that's what keeps uh, rising up every time I do website. Every time you do websites, yes. For example, when I when the client um, asked me to do something, uh, doing this at the side and earning at the side, I, I immediately say yes to the project, but not knowing whether if I could do this thing or not. Maybe if I could learn uh, on the way. So I think that's that's one of my mentalities: just learning, learning by doing. But sometimes I think it's. Uh, defeating the purpose it's detrimental to my to the project yeah. okay have you ever had a website you've worked on where you started the project and then weren't able to finish it uh i think there's uh one website website for my girlfriend uh for their travel travel company so i, I decided to work on that website but the project being free and all so it's there's there's not too much pressure on me to do the project I basically uh, directed the whole project without them uh, contesting what they need and what they do. The the project's not yet finished because they couldn't uh, right now they couldn't afford uh, the you know the CMS of Webflow. That's one of the the instances that's uh, it's the project that's not that's not finished. So you never had a website though that you started and then let's say halfway through realized that you don't know how to do it. That it's too yeah, much for you. So, yeah, so that's never happened. Nothing. Never happened before. All right, it's so just you, a fear of mine. So, what are you afraid of? <laughs> I'm afraid of the unknown. I think. <laughs> yeah. Because my fears is going diving into a project, not knowing if I could do this or not, and if uh, if, if the client expects it to be on a deadline, in, in a specific deadline, and I couldn't deliver. That's that's my uh, I think one of one of my fears. Well, I think that's definitely normal. We all have fears of the unknown. I've uh, definitely signed clients that once I sign them, I quickly go from the excitement phase. Oh, right. I got a yes. amazing client. Oh no. How am I going to do this? <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's definitely been some learning <laughs> moments and some, some clients have signed knowing that I could do 80% of it easily, but then they wanted a certain feature or something that was very specific. I was like, Oh, okay. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but 
I looked it up, I researched it, uh, and then found a solution. And you just do that every time. Now, okay. there's some projects that have definitely come my way uh, where it was very clear that the scope of the project and the necessary skills involved was outside my range, that I could not handle it. And I told them that and I rejected the project. Hmm. Um, and people always appreciate honesty for that. Um, so I, I'm a firm believer in always being transparent, honest about what you are actually able to accomplish with your skills. The whole fake it till you make it stuff, I, I completely disagree with. Um, people yeah. who, are, who are buying from you should be able to, should be able to get the full value uh, from you. So it's definitely, you got to know yourself and your own skills and abilities. But at the same time, you can't allow uh, fear of the unknown to hold you back because... Fear, we have fear of the unknown in every aspect of our life, not just with web design or with work, right? If yes. we haven't experienced something, we don't know what it's going to feel like or what it's going to be like. So naturally we're afraid because our minds automatically go to the uh, worst case scenarios of, of what could happen. So one of my favorite quotes ever is from the author Mark Twain. He said, I am an old man and have known a great many troubles, but most of them never happened. So we instinctively worry about things that might happen, but they almost never actually do happen. So don't let fear of the unknown hold you back from, from trying to accomplish new goals and, and uh, dare I say, dreams. Yeah, speaking of books, do you, do you recommend, what, what book do you recommend for, I think, uh, you know, web designers in general? Oh, not too bogged down with but, the, so uh, you know what i read a lot of books i don't read any books on web design <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah like um it, to me learning web design you don't learn web design from a book um when i was starting out and i was doing my own research and i was learning on my own everything was online like everything i researched was through google and youtube uh and youtube especially is a great video is a great way of uh of getting the information across best uh, when it comes to web design, because you need the visuals to really understand what people are talking about. So uh, books, I wouldn't really recommend for web design. If you're trying to learn web design, man, YouTube alone is just a plethora. You can never run out of content on YouTube. So you want to make sure you're writing or watching the right stuff, the stuff that's most applicable to you. But yeah. um, when it comes to books, I mainly, I read like business books, like generic business books or nonfiction books. I love mm. uh reading true stories of, of things that have happened in history and, and the practical lessons we can get from them. Could you give an example of one of the books that you, you've read? Yeah. So I actually have a, a whole page on my blog listing every single, all my favorite books that I've read. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you the link later. I don't know if you've seen it. But, right. uh, best overall business book I could think of is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. He is the founder of Nike and it's basically the story of how he set up and how he started and grew Nike. And it's just an, a fascinating story and it's perfect for any wannabe entrepreneur, anyone starting their own business, including uh, web designers, because there's so many crazy things that happen in his, in his yeah. story about uh, how he built Nike that it definitely, it makes you, feel better when you encounter your own obstacles and your own trials and your own challenges because you recognize it as just a normal part of the process. It's not like you're having a uniquely hard time building this thing. Everyone goes through the same thing or similar things. 
And so it's, yeah. it's very inspiring. And there's a lot of funny stories in there too. So I, as far as overall business book, that would be my number one uh, recommendation. You use Elementor, right? Yeah. WordPress Elementor. So um, how do you find it? I love it. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It pretty much solves every issue that I had with WordPress um, regarding the CMS. Because it kind of integrates... It's kind of like a merger between a lot of the drag and drop website builders you see, like Weebly, Wix, Shopify, uh, yeah. all those, and it merges it with something more advanced like WordPress, more custom. Mm. So you can do a lot more with it. So it takes a lot of the best features of those simple website builders, but adds advanced ones. Uh, and, the, and they've updated it. They're constantly updating it. And some of the updates over the last year have, have unbelievably streamlined uh, my web design process and made it faster and easier. So okay. right now it's definitely my favorite builder. Uh, you're the second person in a row who's talked about Webflow, which frankly I'm surprised by because most of the people who are uh, listening to my show or watching my videos or whatever are very early on in the web design stage, like still learning web design and Webflow is a more advanced tool from yeah. what I've seen. So but it's good. Like, uh, if you can, like I was talking to Fernando the last episode, uh, if you can learn that right from the start, you're going to set yourself up for success for years to come. If you can get advanced, get good at an advanced tool like that. But, uh, for me and for my clients needs, I've found WordPress plus Elementor is the, is the combo for me. So currently I'm looking at Elementor to, because I've heard, uh, Pretty good things about Elementor. Do you re do you recommend uh, to tra for me to transfer to Elementor from Webflow? Uh, I recommend you try out both and see which one best fits the needs of you and more importantly your clients. Okay. So I have very little experience with Webflow. Uh, in fact, Fernando was educating me on it a little bit last episode, telling me about some of the features. I did not yeah. know that they now now have a feature where. Uh, apparently clients can easily log in and update content like text and images yeah. themselves. So, cause that was always a big thing for me and my clients They want to be able to make small edits uh, easily whenever they need to. And WordPress and Elementor makes that fairly simple. Yeah. Uh, in addition, a lot of my clients will write blog posts. WordPress is still from what I've seen the best uh, article editor, yeah. the best blog post editor. That's like, Pretty much every blog, almost every blog is hosted, on, is made on WordPress. So for my clients' needs and for uh, the way I like to build sites, for me, WordPress and Elementor made more sense. Will that change in the future? Possibly. I started with Weebly because it made sense at the time. And as I was learning and getting better, uh, it became more clear that I needed to advance and progress and, and move on to a different platform. And WordPress and Elementor meets those needs right now. But Things change fast. Uh, technology is, is progressing quickly. The internet is advancing fast. So stay on top of it. But whatever the answer is, whatever fits you and your, more importantly, your client's needs. You're using so, Webflow for, with your job right now, right? Yeah, no, uh, I use it on the side. But we... So at, what do you my use job, for your, at your agency? All kinds of design things. So from... Uh, doing user flows and wireframes, sometimes interviewing clients, but sometimes I do also uh, visual designs through Figma. 
So I, I basically don't develop the oh. website. Okay. Yeah. So I use uh, static designing tools such as Figma. And I hand, hand, hand it over to developers. Gotcha. And so while you're working with an agency right now, there's no issue with starting your own thing on the side? They don't care about that? Yeah, I, I think it was encouraged by my friend who is the owner to start something at the side. So oh, that's good. I, I think he's cool with it. Just so as long as it doesn't interfere with the actual work. You know. so Absolutely. Doesn't affect you. Yeah. So where's your website? Uh, it's www.jopizapido.com. I've just pulled up your homepage here. Zapido Design. Web design for... Oh, you've niched. Yeah. Earlier, early at this stage, I am planning to niche down to uh, okay. cater to you know, on, online fitness entrepreneurs. Because I saw the need for them. Because I have a friend who is a gym owner who needs an online presence. So... Yeah, for sh that's great, man. Especially in this time right now with the pandemic, uh, no one's going yeah. to gyms. Not a lot of people right now. Uh, I got yeah, lots of buddies or fitness trainers have had to transition to an online class. Basically, uh, yeah. that's a good idea. How'd you come up with that? When I was thinking about it, uh, my friend influenced me in some way. So he's building his brand online. So I I decided to make his logo for free just for my portfolio at the side. And um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm planning to build this website. But uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm really not sure about this niche uh, to, go, to go with this niche in the future. So I'm still discovering uh, other niches. So I'm not sure. Now I'm, I'm going to ask you, Patrick, uh, what would you advise for someone like me who's not yet decided on a Thing because I think I'm one of those guys who skip from one place to another, you know. So yeah, how, that's what, dangerous. Yeah. So because I I think I get easily either I get easily bored around doing the same thing over and over again. So I would like to explore other things. So so I think there are two basic kinds of niche niches. One is industry niche. And the other is the, what you call in, in your other podcast, uh, I not remember. I think the type niche where you say fast. Oh, like, a, a, yeah, adjective niche or character niche. Yes, character niche. Yeah. So how do you find those things? I mean, how do you know the competitiveness of a niche or... Yeah, so for me, that comes down to SEO research, keyword research, uh, looking at what people are searching for. Do you have any experience with that? I, I have a high-level knowledge of it. No, sorry, I, I just have a uh, shallow knowledge of it, Okay, if you would say. Yeah. So I would recommend digging in a little bit into some of Google's free keyword research tools. Like I would, I mean, does your agency have access to a, a, an SEO tool? No, no. I think it's no. one of, I think it's uh, handled by the content team in our agency. So I'm okay. not, I don't have access to that. Well, I would recommend maybe you could ask your friend for access to it. So you could uh, look around a little bit. Tell him you want to learn uh, a little bit more about keyword research and that could help you 
Um, basically, you're going to use these SEO tools to dig into what are people searching for and find low competition but high uh, traffic keywords. So I quickly found in the beginning that not a lot of people were talking about fast web design. Now, the advantage is that it's not high traffic because it is super niche, but because it is uh, super low competition and a decent enough amount of traffic that you can get some clients from it, uh, it's going to be much easier to rank in Google for those keywords, right? Mm -hmm. If you go like the niche that you have now, fitness trainers and coaches, it's a great niche. Uh, my, I haven't done any research on it. My first guess would be it's a little bit competitive. So yeah. you'd want to dig into that and see how competitive it is, how difficult it might be for you to stand out as a newcomer. Mm -hmm. uh, and from there, you might find that you'd be even better, even niching further down than that. Maybe you find a niche within fitness. Like yeah. maybe you start building websites for yoga teachers. Mm. You know, that's even more niche, more specific, easier to rank for because more targeted you're better off going after a hundred yoga teachers than 10,000 fitness trainers because there are tons of companies going after those 10,000 fitness trainers and you won't even show up. But for those 100 yoga teachers who are looking for a website, yeah, it's, it's way less than 10,000, but you'll show up near the top. So in other words, you have a hundred people that are genuinely interested in your product and service and can find you or 10,000 people that would be interested in your service if they could find you, but they can't because you're lost in a sea of other designers. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm just using those as examples. I have no idea if <laughs> uh, yoga teachers are, are niche enough or what the traffic is like or I'm, it's just an example. So it, but that's a way of thinking about how can I niche, keep niching down until I find something that's super specific. So maybe you go even further. Okay. You got yoga teachers, but it's yoga teachers in the Philippines. So it's more local. Okay. Now you're only going after 20 yoga teachers, but they're all in the Philippines near you and they're all doing yoga. And it's super, super specific because it's so specific. You're number one. So you've got 20 people a month, doesn't sound like a lot, but 20 people a month that are basically automatically want to find you because you're the only one targeting and offering this specific service. And that's what I did with the fast website design. No one was offering like 24 hour turnaround on a fast website. I'm like, all right, let's try that. It was only like 50 people a month in all of the United States or something that was searching for it. Which meant, though, that those 50 people are automatically coming to me because there's no one else talking about it. I ranked right away. And from there, I was able to expand. Once I became an authority with fast web design, Google saw that. I could expand a little bit and add, okay, it's fast and affordable web design. So now I rank for a lot of affordable web design uh, keywords. So, and then you kind of build it. You start with a foundation, and then you grow on top of that. So it's not like uh, you know that you want fast and affordable at the same time from the from the very beginning. Uh, so it's like it started in started yeah. fast. So in the very beginning, I was focused on targeting fast because everybody offers affordable, right? Mm -hmm. Like you go if you go well, not everyone, but a lot. You can go 
to so many basic web designer pages and be like beautiful, affordable WordPress websites. Like that's, it's just so common. Everyone says the same thing, but if you can combine that, uh, those two adjectives fast and affordable, everybody wants that. But I started with focusing on fast. And then once I got that, I could start growing it into the affordable realm and then I grew even further. Okay. So my question, uh, Patrick, is if it's if you're marketing yourself as a fast uh, web designer or doing web designs uh, with quick turnarounds, do you have a uh, because in our agency we have a strategy uh, step? So it's like uh, doing these workshops with uh, clients live or online. So we uncover some real needs from the clients. So in your case, uh, how do you do that in a quick manner? You Sorry, do what in a quick manner? Can you explain? Do those uh, strategy, uh, I, th I think, uh, watered down strategy interviews or sessions with your clients, or do you do those things? No, I don't do okay. that. Stuff's like, well, Depends on the client. Most of my clients yeah. are small businesses. That mm. kind of stuff is way over their way over the head. Can you uh, mute your notifications there? Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll show up. Uh, yeah, depends on the client. So most of my clients are small businesses. That kind of stuff is way over their head. Um, so I just have a simple conversation with them, just one on one, and I try to do my best to understand what their needs are. Who is their ideal client? Who is their ideal visitor? Who are they trying to attract to this website? And who are they trying to sell this product or service to? So a lot of what I do actually is, is branding and actually helping these business owners to understand their business better and their client. Because I'll say something like, hey, summarize everything you do into one sentence. And they'll come back with me with like a paragraph. Like, no, okay, let's refine it even further. One sentence. And they give me one sentence, but it's like 50 words or 40 words long. Like, okay, let's now filter that down and condense it to 10 words, no more than 10. And they're struggling. Okay, have to get it down to 12. Like, all right, close enough. Let's get it down to six now. Like, what is it that you would distill everything down into what, what are you offering? What are you selling? And that is a huge piece of it. And that's a, a big help for a, a lot of my, my clients because they're small business owners. A lot of them are just starting out, so they don't know this yeah. stuff. But yeah, it's a very casual one-on-one -on -one conversation back and forth or, or just emails. And I help them get to that point. And then once we're there, mm -hmm. we distill what they are doing and what they're selling and what they're offering their clients or customers. Then we can turn around and be like, okay, now what type of person wants this service? And then we, that's their ideal visitor. And then we, we cater the site design and the content um, towards them. Mm -hmm. And uh, a very underappreciated aspect of great web design is the copy, the words. Yeah. That's, that's what you're selling. That's what you're going to use to see. Like you can design things a lot of different ways. Like you want to have a great website design. You want to have a great user experience. Absolutely important. But you could have the most beautiful website in the world. Everything is organized perfectly. The colors, the branding is great. Then you start reading it 
-hmm. and it's as boring as you can imagine and people get bored and leave like you you need to compel people to action um so all of that comes together so uh, yeah there's no overall huge branding strategy or wireframes and all that like my clients don't know what any of that means Uh, so it's just a casual just talking back and forth and helping me better understand their business and their ideal customers yeah i think for small businesses that would be the most practical way to approach this yeah and that's my client so if i get a higher level client like i have had some then it's like i'm on a con call with you know their board (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I'm talking to four or five guys, that's different. Then you're, then they expect a more professional approach. And then you're like, okay, let's picture out a more overarching, uh, strategy, yeah. you know, and wireframes and all that. But I prefer the small guys, to be honest. I like the, the, the small business clients. I like the casual yeah. aspects of it. I don't really like the whole corporate feel and getting too, uh, bogged down in that stuff. Yeah. So uh, we have about three or four minutes left. What would be your, your most pressing question that you want answered? Yeah, was there an instance that, uh, you know, a client, you, you built the website, so it's already done, and the client uh, saw the website, and it's not... Uh, a, he does not agree with the, the design, the overall design, the look and feel, and the copy. But most of it are only subjective. So you did all these interviews and uh, you showed the client the website beforehand. So was there an instance that a subjective comment, uh, yeah, a subjective, there, there, there's a subjective comment. And how did you uh, uh, more or less defend, defend it or... Yeah, so I get what you're saying. Uh, that is a common, pro- uh, pretty common problem in web yeah. design. A lot of things, aspects of web design can be subjective. So yeah, I've definitely made a website. I was like super proud of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't wait to show it to the client. And then they come back with this, this, and that. Like, oh, I don't really like this or that. I, I want this instead. And I just cringe. I'm like, oh my gosh, you can't <laughs> be serious. That That's awful. <laughs> so here's what it comes to subjective things. My job is to communicate why something is better or worse, why this is better way to do it, Mm -hmm. why this is not a good way to do it. I express Mm -hmm. that to the client and I I explain it clearly, but ultimately it is up to them. It's their choice. So once I've done my part and said why this is better, they get to decide whether they want to pursue that or not. And I respect that. It's their money. It's their website. So I've definitely had websites where I was like, this is perfect. And then they're like, let's tweak this, this and that. I'm like, oh, I can't be serious. But have you thought about this? They're like, yeah, I'm not really worried about that. I just, I want it this way. Okay. And then I, I change everything. I'm like, oh, I hate this so much. And they love it. So uh, some designers get a little proud and they start picturing their websites as like their babies. Like it's like, like a piece of art and they refuse to make those changes. I disagree with that. Uh, as long as you clearly communicate why it's a good or bad decision, it's mm-hmm. it's up to the customer. It's their money. It's their website. It's their business. Right. right. I, I do have 
one last question if you yeah let's do it it's okay yeah okay so um with regards to long long working hours um long designing long, long time designing websites how do you take breaks you personally mm. how do you approach uh approach this just a, just to get an insight. Of. So you, you find you have a hard time working long hours. Yeah. Do you, do yeah. you find it difficult? Like you get distracted or you're trying to work less long hours? Sometimes I get in the flow, but you know, sometimes there are, uh, I don't have the inspiration or the, you know, the flow. Yeah. It's hard to focus. Yeah. Hard to focus. Yeah. I had a blog post and a video about that podcast too mm-hmm. about that i don't know if you listen to that but um yeah a big aspect for me like i don't have any set hours when i work i work when i want to where i want to uh yeah. i know i know some people value the specific routines every single day i do have like a you know like a, a morning routine to help me get started with the right mindset because i think starting your morning is crucial starting it right mm-hmm. uh if you start it with a, a productive mindset just even basic things like like washing up and making your bed and doing the dishes, making the coffee, uh, doing your reading first thing in the morning and your meditation. It sets you up for the rest of the day. It puts you in a productive, productive mindset for the rest of the day. The first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is scroll through social media for a half hour in bed. I find it makes it much more difficult. It sets you up poorly for the rest of the day. You're kind of in that lazy mindset. Uh, so between having the important start to the, after the important start to the day in the morning, then I'm pretty flexible. I found that cutting out distractions as much as possible is crucial. Mm -hmm. Uh, over the last few years, I've spent a lot of time determining what's most important to me and how I want to spend my time. So I don't have access to like, I don't watch TV. I don't have Netflix or any of that stuff. Streaming services. The stuff that I watch is is pretty much all educational documentaries. Like I'll watch movies still every now and then because you want to just shut your brain off and relax. But well, frankly, my relaxation and my like entertainment was watching sports, but we don't have any sports right now. So that kind of (laughs) stinks. One day I'm I'm sure that I'll come back soon. It seems like, but um, that's, that was kind of my thing. So I knew um, that that had value to me and I can even still, while I watch sports kind of do other things kind of work while I watch a a football game or something, but (laughs) definitely setting clear priorities. If you're having a hard time focusing, what would, let me ask you, what is your number one distraction or keeping you from being able to focus? What do you find yourself defaulting to when that happens? Mm, I think watching YouTube. Mm. Yeah. But it's uh, for non-educational purposes. So when I go to YouTube, um, I try to find a learning resource, but I get, get distracted by sure, the it's a rabbit channel. hole. Yeah, <laughs> with the other channels that I usually watch during my free time. So if you find that YouTube is a challenge, block it. Okay. I know it sounds simple. <laughs> it sounds kind of crazy to some people, but I, I talked about that too. I have a website filter on my computer. Uh, and it just straight up blocks a lot of the websites I used to get distracted with. Like, yeah. you know, it's crazy how your brain gets wired when you open your internet browser. And like you said, you initially go somewhere for a good purpose to look something up. 
uh, for educational purposes. And then I'll, oh, there's a link to this here. Oh, that looks pretty funny. And, and, and before you know it, you've spent 30 minutes scrolling through uh, YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, whatever. It's so easy to get lost. And that's because these companies have designed these products to be addictive. They're mm -hmm. all designed to grab your attention. They need your attention and they need your attention because they get your eyeballs. The more eyeballs they get, they can push ads and get more money. It's literally that simple. And it's frankly terrifying that that's how these, these companies, uh, how they made these products that are so uh, fundamental to modern life and so detrimental at the same time. Yeah. All of them are designed for your attention. Google, Netflix, Facebook, Twitter, uh, PlayStation, they all are designed to suck you in as, as long as they can. That's, it's as that simple. So if you want to accomplish something, you have to realize what your weaknesses are. And so I, you know, there are certain websites, I find myself just scrolling through tech blogs and stuff or reading reviews or, you know, scrolling through certain subreddits, just uh, even if it's, even if I think it's being productive, like it's a business Reddit or something, yeah. it's not, you're just consuming. <laughs> you're just constantly consuming. It's the acting that's important. So if you find YouTube's distracting, block it. There's lots of browser extensions you can download. They're like, just, you click this button and it blocks every other website. Some will actually block internet access completely for you for like two hours. You can set a time limit, like block all these things for the next hour. I just want to focus. And so the next time you, you instinctively go to look at Facebook, it'll just be blocked. You're like, oh, right. If you go back yeah. to work. So I found that help, helpful for me. Yeah, I think I have uh, that plugin, the one that blocks your news feed. Uh, there you go. Facebook. So you're already a uh, couple steps ahead of me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think uh, that's it for me, uh, Patrick. Great. Yeah, I think I'm I hope good. Uh, I hope I was a help. I hope I was able to answer some of your questions. Yeah, uh, it's it's a help. So uh, yeah, keep me posted with your homepage link there. I'd like to see how you're your business and your niche evolves. So next time you, you come up with a new homepage or design or something, just send me a link on launchers or whatever. All right. All right. Stay safe, John. All right. You too, Patrick. Thank Take you. Take care. Thank you for your time. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to have a free 30 minute one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me, and be the next guest on the podcast, just click the link in the description and submit your info. Keep up the good work.